I am Consciously Curious, a podcast for those that are searching for a career or are cultivating meaning within their own space. We've had anesthesia providers to barbers, dog behaviors to airline pilots, white collar to blue collar, entrepreneurs to passion projects. Life's too short to not produce meaningful work. Join me, Victor Chan, as we deep dive within various industries. I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to leave a comment. I hope you find some value within these conversations, but more importantly, I hope it sparks a meaning within your own space. Our next guest came on the podcast three years ago. Since then, he's had successful partnerships with Hermosa, Full Schilling in Wrigleyville, Maplewood Brewery, and a ghost kitchen in Humboldt Park. He is now partnering with Atomic Hospitality on their West Loop rooftop, Teto. We talk about the niche that he's cultivated with stand-up comedians and specifically with how he started to work with J.B. Smoove. He shares his perspective on empowering his team as well as how he pursues collaborations. Please enjoy my conversation with Anthony Scardino, a.k.a. Professor Pizza. Uh, Tony, The Return, welcome back. It's, I missed you. Missed you, Victor. How have you been? <laughs> uh, I've been good. Well, we've both been very busy. Yes. I, lots happened. I, uh, I've been loving your journey. You, you've kind of carved a niche uh, within the comedian space. Yeah. I, I really just started organically in, in that I'm a huge fan of yeah. the art form, right? Uh, we'll have to see on the next update if I've actually scratched the itch and <laughs> gotten up for... You know, five minutes of an open mic or oh, but 60 you, seconds of an that, open mic. That's an interest but, of yours. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd love to at least say I've done it once. Hell yeah. Um, it seems like too much fun to, to not at least give it a shot. But I'm also the type of personality where I don't like to do anything <laughs> half-assed or, um, you know, go half into anything. So it's like, do I really have the time, uh, patience and energy to devote to something like that? I'm not sure I do, but mm. at the same time, I'm like, is that just an excuse not to give it a shot one time? Well, right. Uh, before we start recording the, uh, picture behind you, Jordan, uh, he is the radio host for one one nine, the mix. Okay. But he also runs the social for second city. Okay, uh, awesome. And he just finished a course and things like that. And yeah. I'm sure you know other people that have finished the courses. Um, I don't know. One day you'll probably make the time to to do it. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. There's. I mean, there's. I, I don't know too many people on the improv side of things here in Chicago, but plenty on the stand up. But yeah. Uh, yeah, super impressed by anybody who can put themselves we, out we, there. We like recently that. saw uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey when they came to town. I was hoping to make pizza for that show. It didn't work out. It didn't work out, but that that's pretty badass. Um, so to build context, because it's been three years since uh, you've been on, to build context for yeah. our listeners, uh, you know, there, I'll, I'll include a link for our first episode. But the last time, unfortunately, it's just so much good food, not just good pizza in the city. I haven't, it's been a while since I've had your specific pizza. Sure. Um, the last time I had it, uh, it was probably twice with my current fiance. The last one was probably the German style one with the pretzel crust. Oh and the wow, that was a fun one. Yeah, Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. When I was doing the special credit or the uh, extra credits, extra I should credit. say. Yeah, classes in session. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we were going hard with the motif, the, the scholastic motif in um, those days. But and then yeah. before that, it was our first date. 
Oh, so it, we we were we're a pandemic, and now you're about to get married, and, and now we're about to get married. So so we're a pandemic success story. We're, we met off Hinge. Sounds right, like we, we might on. be booking a late night snack at your <laughs> wedding or something. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, and um, we we decided to do pizza and beer in an. It looked like an alley behind Wrigley Field, and Incredible. that's when you were still at the sports bar in Wrigley. Full shilling, yes. Full shilling, yeah. Um, and I think I visited you twice there, and you made it work. It was just a kind of a small space, but you made it made it small kitchen space. Yes. Um, and the doorman didn't even know like there's pizza in here. I'm like, I'm here for the pizza. He's like, <laughs> pizza. <laughs> You must have come pretty early. On. It, it, it was early. I was I was trying. To, I was just riding the coattails of Professor Pizza. At oh, the, at I the appreciate time. it, man. I appreciate it. And we were lucky to have that space. It it was it was humble. It was in no way designed for pizza, but it allowed us to get our product out there. Yeah. Uh, at a time where we really needed to, and and in a way that uh, we didn't otherwise have available to us. So and that was after uh, Hermosa. Yeah, Hermosa okay. was. Pre- you know. Another opportunity we were super grateful for. That one was a little bit more short-lived. Um, you know, and of course, it started in my apartment at the time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, spent a little time at Hermosa. Spent, geez, almost two years the, so, yeah, at the, Full Shilling. The ending, the ending of the first episode was you were manifesting a food stall at Wells Street. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that didn't end up happening. Yeah, that didn't yeah. end up happening. Wall Street Market no longer exists, unfortunately. And I think a lot of um, food halls have taken a hit. I think mm. a lot of ghost kitchens have taken a hit, mm. too. Uh, I think there's been a general return to classic restaurants, which I, I'm in no way upset about. You know, I'm, I'm now in the West Loop at 406 North Sangamon in collaboration with uh, Atomic Hospitality Group. Mm. The rooftop is called Teto. The food is all Professor Pizza. Mm. And it's just a really great rooftop to have pizza and cocktails at, you know, and, and you know, soak in some summertime shy. So we're, we're excited to be there. But, yeah, it's definitely been a, a journey from my former apartment and yeah. Mosa and Full Shilling and a ghost kitchen and humble park it, to where we are now is it a blur uh i'm able to look back and appreciate every step uh you know when you look to the future sometimes you're like geez i wish i was there now but i try and look in the rearview mirror and say hey there's so many times where you wish you could be exactly where you are right now mm-hmm. so be thankful for where you are right now you know, I talk about this rooftop and when it's closed at the end of the night or I'm there late doing some prep or some R&D or whatever, I, I scan my, my key fob and walk out there and just take a look at the city. And it's it's pretty incredible to say that, like, that's my home base right now. Mm. So I try not to take anything for granted for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, so quickly summarize what it was like, just so for if people don't end up listening to the first episode mm-hmm. what was it like where the seed was planted um to start making pizzas in your apartment this was me just really trying to stay active because with you, my were, skill you were consulting set. with dobros at yeah i wouldn't on and off, right? i was working there at the you know at, at that time still I, I was on my way out in an effort to get ready to open up that proposed project uh with jimmy banos jr and wall street market mm. Um, so I, I was, yeah, I was kind of 
on my way out at that point, I, I would say. But still to this day, I have a good relationship with the people over at Dobros and get a chance to do some private events for their owners from time to time. But yeah, I was I was focused on doing kind of my own thing at that point. And when things seemed increasingly unsure at mm. Well Street Market, it was like, okay, do you sit back and just take in Netflix and The Sopranos and you know Orange is the New Black, which or is the easy Tiger way out, King, King or whatever we were we yeah. watching at that time? Or, uh, you know, you're you're supposedly this world pizza champion. You should be making pizza or or something on a regular basis and utilizing your skill set, right? So I started making a focaccia because it seemed unrealistic for me to be bringing in cheese, sauce, and toppings with my residential uh, refrigerator. I was like, maybe I can fit some dough in there, do some cool bread projects like everybody else during the pandemic and just have fun with that. And sure enough, like I did one week of focaccia for a chef friend of mine he purchased it i was like name your own price whatever you think is fair whatever you think it's worth whatever and uh i caught the bug to to do at least something of my own at home right so made the transition from focaccia to actual pizzas i think i started off with grandma style mm. uh which i'm really kind of known for popular i was gonna say like by, even even to this day like is that what you're known for we, we sell a bunch of grandma styles still to this day cool. we've expanded into other styles as well uh on the rooftop you'll see us doing our new york our cracker thin and our grandma style we're still producing the detroits for uh, carry out and delivery and we'll get back to the Sicilians in time right but uh, we have fun with all different styles for sure Damn. but yeah and then talk about because I, I uh, Ethan's coming on soon um, okay. Ethan from Hermosa yeah. we, we recently got to dine, dine at uh, Family Meal um, at his place not too long ago and uh, he was part of a documentary um, and uh, he was a subject of a documentary so it, it, yeah not um, surprising he's a super inspiring guy for sure good good person good human being totally um share what it's like to was that the first collab then like as far as renting commercial kitchen space uh in that sense i suppose it was um you know he was he was super welcoming at a time where i was trying to expand the business and i was terrified of getting in trouble with the health department for having produced all this product out of my apartment at the Plus time. Plus your so. apartment's probably smelling like pizza at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it wasn't even enough power to, to run the oven. So mm. I had a commercial oven mm. in my very residential apartment. Gotcha. And luckily it was summer. Uh, so I was able to open up the uh, the doors, all the windows, uh, turn off all the lights and just try and keep the airflow going and try and keep all the electricity usage to this oven that i had rigged to work mind you listeners in the house it's kind of wild tony's a dad too (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, absolutely (laughs) absolutely so juggling a lot in those days but i'm so glad i had that stage of the business and Mm -hmm. of the journey because it just gives me greater appreciation for you know where i am now yeah um it adds it, to the story. It was, it it was my first time at Hermosa seeing you with a team. Yeah. Um, as far as like receiving orders, yeah. helping deliver that, orders. That team really did start in my apartment. Oh, You could okay. see it on okay. display, but I had people helping me uh, even in those days. Okay. Um, th- some of them still helping me now. Some of them gone, you know, 
on to do other things. But uh, it's important that I say, like, even in the in the early, early days of this, yeah. I always had people in my corner making this a reality with me. Where Where did you learn to not burn bridges? I think that's a daily pursuit, right? Um, yeah. And I look back at a lot of the relationships, both personal and professional in my life. And I'm lucky to say like, I'm still on good to great terms with most people. Okay. With a few and not so good with even fewer. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, 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 you know, basic golden rule stuff. You try and treat people the way that you'd like to be treated. Um, you know, when you move on from one phase of your life to the next, you make sure you do so with the highest level of integrity possible. Um, and just be transparent with people and your own limitations. Right. Um, I think when you're transparent and humble, people are a lot more forgiving than when you, come into the room with an ego so Mm. i i think we all have egos for sure i try and check mine at the door to the best of my ability but um you know i can fall victim to that like anybody else and i think an an ego can get in the way of a lot of great blessings in life Mm. uh, including just the blessing of not burning bridges right so that that's that's kind yeah, of my like when, ethos when you, with that. When you feel wronged, it's it's easy to just kind of lash out and totally. and fight back and, totally. or just like just just hold grudges. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm I'm in a situation right now where I've been given the biggest opportunity I've ever been given in my career by being on this rooftop in the West Loop, but at the same time, I juggle that with the reality of having in certain ways in certain respects, less control of my brand than I've ever had before mm. because I'm working collaboratively with this hospitality group in a space that they own and that they operate mm. and that they want to build to be something great um, for years to come, even with the potential of me potentially moving on, right? Yeah. And doing my own thing. So, uh, so you're both taking a leap of faith on each other. We're both taking a leap of faith on each other. And, and to be fair, I think they're probably taking a bigger leap of faith on me um, in that I'm just a way smaller entity. The ability for me to fail is a lot greater than uh, the chance of them failing. But uh, it's as you said, we're taking a chance on one another and trying to make magic happen, you know, at at the center of that compromise uh, mm-hmm. every single day. So uh, it's a challenge yeah. and it challenges my ego every single day. And it gives me respect for the journey of like opening up a brick and mortar restaurant Mm. and recognizing that there are going to be things beyond your control on a daily basis, on a moment by moment basis. You have to run with the punches and uh, it's not easy, but I think I'm really proud of what we're building over there. Mm. What uh, what were some takeaways from working with Ethan? Because I don't know why you left, but I know they were broken into during the pandemic. Yeah, so, I mean, I've got nothing but love for Ethan and his family. They, I don't know that they were broken into, but they certainly caught, yeah, they caught a bullet. Oh, Um, that's what it was. was, This was in the height of, of, uh, the riots, the riots, uh, uh, the George Floyd tragedy had just taken place. There was a lot of unrest really throughout the entire country. And, uh, 
the neighborhood of Hermosa was a perfect microcosm of what was going on throughout the country at that time. And I think, you know, for his very traditional family, they were already taking a risk on an outsider coming in, doing his own thing, and and uh, kind of rocking the boat a little in the most respectful way I knew how to do, right? Um, and And then, you know, their business was rocked by the fact that they caught that bullet to the window and luckily there were two panes of glass and it went through the first and not the second and nobody was hurt. But, but people uh, were in there when it happened? The trauma associated with that is is real. I, I can't, I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know okay, if people okay. were in there okay. when it happened or not. Um, wow. But either way, that was their family business and they just kind of wanted to take a moment to like go back to what they knew the best and, and so that I kept sense. looking but like yeah. they gave me a good couple of weeks there and at a time where everything was you know service by service are we going to have somewhere to produce out of are we going to be able to pick up ingredients uh, by the grace of so and so's favor like I, I, you know I, I was thankful for the time I had there yeah. and, and for the, the friendship that, uh, that grew from that because most people don't know you know Ethan and I didn't really know each other before No, I didn't that. know that. Yeah. I, I put something on Facebook. We were already very casually Facebook friends, and he reached out to me out of the goodness of, you know, his heart as, you know, an almost complete stranger to me at that time and said, you know, here's some home and harbor, at least for as long as I can give you, you know, um, and never really charged me any rent and... Uh, months and months later if not a year later ended up reimbursing me for an electrical outlet i had installed there to operate my oven like that he was under no obligation to do whatsoever wow. but is just such a genuine dude and uh you know i'll always be thankful for that favor a lot of people did pick up pizza from me in those weeks that i was there and remember just that stop on my overall journey so very appreciative to Ethan and his whole family. Yeah, well, lots of and blessings coming his way right now. Incredible chef. Yeah, incredible yeah. Incredible chef. Um, so then going on to uh, full shilling. I think yeah. the only my turnoff was parking was tough. Yeah, that, that whole neighborhood. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, I'm in another neighborhood right now where parking's super tough, right? Um, but hopefully people are coming to stay and eat your pizza too right now. Exactly. Right? That's the whole point. Exactly. So it's maybe worth it. Maybe some ride share is involved, but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, another place where, um, you know, through the generosity of uh, Alex Zupanzik, who's the uh, founder of Last Call Tavern Group, Mm. uh, I was able to get into a space that, you know, maybe is not the first thing you think of when you think of pizza or pizzeria, but we turned it into somewhat of a destination over some of those middle to to end months of the pandemic and and really made the most of it and i helped him to the best of my ability uh install a bar menu that would allow his patrons to kind of drink and imbibe and eat there uh at that time when he he didn't really have another option and you know through uh the grace of his generosity i was able to run my pop-up which was on talk uh, in those days and um, you know I don't think either of us made a whole lot of money off the scenario but it continued to grow the brand the brand and the lore of Professor Pizza right yeah, so yeah yeah but how yeah. long how long can you keep that up I mean you got bills to pay you right have, you have a kid to feed right 
Right. And so I was there for, you know, probably just shy of two years. And it's a long time. <laughs> in that time, yeah, in that time, I, I brought my cousin on. Mm. Um, and Did my, they move here from out of Chicago or they were in Chicago? No, no. He still works remotely from Wisconsin, oh. uh, from uh, uh, Milwaukee oh, and nice. Powers Lake area. But uh, he's, he's kind of the mastermind behind my social media Very outreach, cool. uh, any of our marketing efforts. We've been getting requests for the last couple of years about merch. We're, we're closer than ever on that front. Um, anytime I'm, I'm booking a party or a private event or uh, a part of a festival or what have you, he's he's very integral in, in the organization of all those efforts. So uh, very lucky to have him kind of step on board uh, near the end of my tenure or time at at uh, full shilling mm-hmm. and and then we got with our current partner grant johnson who's got a background in restaurant equipment sales and uh, commercial kitchen architecture mm-hmm. and design and he's somebody that i actually have known directly and indirectly throughout the course of my entire life his oh. his uh He's, he's about 10 years older than me, went to the same high school I went to. Stevenson? Stevenson High yeah. School. His, uh, his mother, Mrs. Johnson, was my art teacher in grade school, grew up in the same neighborhood as me, hanging out with kids his age that lived in my cul-de-sac uh, as I was growing up. So uh, we were kind of always in and around one another. I had a stint of, geez, probably like, five to eight years growing up where I was a DJ, um, <laughs> mobile DJ, uh, bar about mitzvahs, weddings, corporate events, birthday parties, that sort of thing. And I, I DJ'd uh, a fellow neighbor of ours wedding and he was at that. So there was just like different little things throughout life where we so kind of check I- in one another. <laughs> Fast forward to the Dobro's days where I'm the manager there and we're trying to get into some new equipment, a pizza make station, and uh, call up an equipment company, and he answers the call and comes and sells us that equipment. And it was in those days where he said, like, hey, maybe it'll be Dobro's that does something with you, maybe it'll be somebody else that does something with you, but, like, one day maybe it'll be me who does something with you, but I think you need to be given this opportunity to do something really in your own vision. Um and and put your own touch on pizza because clearly clearly you have a passion for it. And fast forward even further, I'm at full shilling, but I'm I'm trying to look for that next opportunity to kind of grow. And my buddy, you know, uh, wildly uh, talented chef in the city here, Chris Thompson, is having his friends and family opening night for Lardone mm. and what will become Lardone Union and Meadowlark. Um, at uh, Californian um, uh, Armitage and I'm at that friends and family night and and Grant and I run into one another and he says hey if you're still willing to have that conversation about investment I'm more ready to have that conversation than ever before and we sit down we have it and uh, 
a couple weeks or months later, we eventually get into uh, the ghost kitchen in Humboldt Park that I spent a year at uh, doing carry out and delivery and, and growing the brand further from there. And he's helped me make the transition from there into where we are right now oh, wow. in the West Loop. So definitely wouldn't be where I am today without without his help as well. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you mentioning DJs. Uh, so I, I, I do wedding photography outside of here. Yeah. And my first... Jewish wedding that I did. Uh, first of all, amazed by a ketubah. I, I want a secular ketubah at my wedding. Yeah, it was beautiful <laughs> um, to have like group vows and like just everyone looking out for you. Totally. Um, but I remember the groomsmen talking about pizza in the city, and your name came up. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> Tr- trying to get my trying to get my claws in there any way I can. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's let's take it to the. Started ghost. off for kosher options, by oh, the way, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Kosher and halal meats coming. Now, now speaking of that, like, what's what's the price difference between kosher and non-kosher? You know, we're we're not even there yet to where I can comfortably say uh, we've started accepting samples from different companies oh. and producers, and uh, we're kind of in that R and D stage where we're playing around with different beef bacon's and and. But there's uh, a demand for it. Oh yeah, for sure, oh, for cool. sure. Uh, for for health reasons, for you know yeah. religious reasons, yeah, what have yeah, you, yeah. but uh, it's also you know pizza just ends up skewing so pork heavy anyways. It's nice to to round out those meat options with different proteins and yeah, um, and just get creative with it. So we welcome it for sure. I I can't wait. Uh, what uh, what was the experience like at the Humble Park? Because I would I would pass it. My my dog food place uh, for dog's sake is uh, in that area. Yeah. Um, what was that like? You know, I think whenever something like that's in the rearview mirror for me, my gut reaction is to always be like, "Good riddance." I'm so glad to be like past that. Okay. But like, then I kind of slow myself down and say, like, okay, what were the positives of it? You know. Uh, I'll start with the neighborhood, you know, Mm. uh, humble park embraced me in a very real way, Mm. you know, for the longest time I felt like, you know, I don't make the cheapest pizza in the city. Mm -hmm. I don't make necessarily the most expensive one either, but I recognize that, you know, it's not necessarily an everyday expenditure. Mm. You're, you're kind of splurging a little when you get professor pizza and I appreciate it anytime somebody does. And, and for that reason, I was just like, you know, it must be that my customers are coming from Lincoln Park and the Gold Coast and Old Town and more affluent, you know, neighborhoods. And the reality is, is like I had people within walking distance of me that were willing to support me in a very real way. And we're sad to see me go when uh, we moved, uh, we moved away from the neighborhood. And uh, so I, you know, I... I take it very seriously how many people did support me from that neighborhood. And, uh, you know, if there's ever an opportunity for us to be back there, we'll certainly consider it heavily. Um, but it's another scenario where there's limitations, right? So when you have a location that people come to, you want it to be abundantly obvious that mm. you are there. And I think more people saw the Little Caesar sign on the outside of that building than necessarily saw that Professor Pizza was there. It wasn't until maybe halfway into our time there that we actually even got 
any sort of signage on the outside. I remember that. Like it took a while, and then I saw three little pigs on the outside too. Yeah, yeah. as soon as their as soon as their sign got spray painted up there, ours did too. Yeah, um, or at least shortly after, and uh, that helped. But it was an industrial stretch of humble park it yeah. wasn't very neighborhoody right so it's not like you were going to Walkable. happen upon yeah you know this location you kind of really needed to know it was there um you know we were always hustling pizzas to delivery drivers to customers and so that made things a little bit challenging um as far as eating into your profits it, it certainly would eat into our profits and it's something we still have to deal with i mean we were reconsidering the option of bringing on our own drivers but mm. that's a big leap for any pizzeria to make uh or really any restaurant so to it, make. as far as what paying them by the hour because they're in-house now paying them by the hour um potentially having a vehicle of your own or insuring oh. theirs factoring and gas um yeah you know insuring them as a commercial driver um, mm. you know, for their uniforms, for, uh, are, are you are you wrapping a car? Are you investing in car toppers? Different forms of advertisement in that sense. So it's it's a lot to take on. What um, what's your metric? What like what's your threshold for choosing to bring it in house? So I think we're looking at a facility beyond where we are right now that would really put carry out and delivery. Um. into focus in a way that we've never really had the opportunity to before. Uh, What I mean by that is just like from a production standpoint, there would be really next to zero limitations in this facility we're looking at. Would it be a separate ghost kitchen then? So we're we're weighing all sorts of options. Oh, that's interesting. Do we add this onto what we're already doing? Yeah. Do we do this instead of what we're already doing? Um, You know... At the end of the day, everything I do is driven by passion, but, you know, like the, the entertainment business or the music business or the, you know, the, the pizza business, you have to f- remember that business component to it at the end of the day. And sometimes whatever is driving the profit is kind of where your business is going next. And, uh, you know, for the longest time, I was like, oh, man, I just can't wait to have my own brick and mortar. And I think that's still going to be a part of my story. And we're we're closer to that reality with the rooftop that we have right now till October than we ever have before. Um, but I'm realizing, geez, it seems like we make a lot of money off of carry out and delivery. Or, geez, this frozen thing that we're getting into with Maplewood Brewery yes! seems to really have Congrats some legs to it. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, they've really been... Uh, partners in our success. Now, with that leap of faith, it's like trusting them to cook your pies too, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but you know, we did it the right way. Okay. We're not we're not growing at such an exponential rate with that, where it's getting beyond us. You know, I came in there and I trained them how to do it. Right. Um, we set them up with the garnish for those pies. Mm. Uh, they've been trained on what the ingredients are, how to express that to customers, how to properly cut a tavern pie, how to serve it, uh, Mm. what to look for in an electric deck oven setting, right? So, And the main thing is asking for help if they need help, Yeah, I've I've had customers 
that have enjoyed it at Maplewood. I've had customers that have enjoyed it on the rooftop or ordered it for carryout and delivery. And I've been very pleased to hear that it's a pretty consistent experience God. across the God. board. So, and you had a collab. Was it a lager or pilsner? Like with uh, pilsner, Professor Pilsner. Mm. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> apparently they're going to be doing another run of hopefully uh, in August. So stay tuned for that. But uh, hopefully that's the first of many collabs to come with them as well as others. Uh, we're just excited to be working with brands and people here in Chicago that we really believe in and who are lucky to to say they really believe in us. Um, and throughout this entire time yeah. of being in Humboldt um, and now even the rooftop, you've been planting the seeds with comedians and working private events. Yeah. Has, and if I were to guess, has that been through word of mouth? I know they would like occasionally from share on their socials of like, you need Professor Pizza at your next show. Yeah, incredibly humbled anytime that happens. Uh, was, would you say the first one was JB? Or? Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. man. So it's, um, it's interesting because it didn't even necessarily start with comics. Uh, I had a random opportunity while I was still at Dobro's. Uh, and the JB thing happened while I was still at Dobro's wow. too. But... Um, to make pizza in the VIP area for Lyrical, Lyrical Lemonade Summer Smash right, Music right. Festival. And that was my first taste of making pizza for any celebrity at all. And um, had the chance to make pizza for Chance the Rapper and Lil Yachty right. and handful of people. And it wasn't even something on my radar as something I could be doing, right? Um, or it's like, maybe one day you'll make some food for somebody who's famous, but geez, that's got to come so far down the road. Mm. Like, and I think, you know, I just adopted this mentality that like, no one's knocking down your door, like asking you to be at the next coolest event or, uh, can you make pizza for me or whatever? But like, at the same time, there's no, there's nothing stopping you from knocking down their door, right? And, um, you know, the lyrical lemonade thing fell in my lap, mm. but even when I was there, I was hustling my way to those artists. No I mean, one was what like, if you, well, yeah, let me yeah. bring up Chance the you Rapper. Just stayed to in you. your tent the entire time. Like, no, I'm going to bend some rules here, or I'm really going to not overly take advantage but like i was definitely there at a grave discount even in those days mm. so i was like okay if i'm at best breaking even here how do i make the most of this and i was i was in walking distance of some of the biggest names in hip-hop music at the time and one of the biggest directors to this day in hip-hop music videos and I took advantage of the opportunity and I introduced myself and I offered them pizza and pizza is one of those, uh, you know, international currencies that mm. everybody, you know, uh, will kind of rejoice over, rejoice over. Yeah. yeah. I don't know a better way to put it really, but, um, certainly invite you in with open arms. Right. So I, I kind of banked that in my head and then I remember just scrolling through Instagram I think it was at Dobro's, and sorry to Dobro's, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was a marketing moment, right? And I saw J.B. Smoove sitting in a vintage car with Larry David promoting his tour dates. Oh, snap. 
And he said something about Texas being like, you better have that vegan barbecue ready for me down there. <laughs> like, vegan barbecue? Are you kidding me, buddy? But once again, it stuck with me. And one of those dates on there was Chicago, Talia Hall. And I was like, geez, if I could figure out a way to get him Some pizza. a vegan pizza. A, a vegan pizza? <laughs> a vegan pizza. That would be incredible. You know, grew up and to this day a huge curb your enthusiasm fan so um that would just be incredible we, we, uh, we've been watching seinfeld on netflix and the last episode we saw was when kramer was putting he loved wearing his clothes straight out of the dryer <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he eventually put it in the pizza oven when he ca- yeah, tried ordering yeah, calzones yeah, yeah, yeah. that's hilarious that's hilarious don't burn my shirt right that's so funny yeah <laughs> So then how did you get in? Did you get into Talia Hall? Okay, so I just put a Facebook status out there. I was like, hey, does anybody have any connections whatsoever at Talia Hall? Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to see a show for free. I have tickets. You know, I'm going to the show. Either way, I would just love to bring pizza to uh, the artist, or in this case, JB. And... uh I got a lot of false leads, and then it looked like it wasn't going to happen. I dressed up to the show. You know, if you know JB Smoove, he's suited and booted, looking, you know, 110% at all times. So I dressed up for this show, you know, uh, to be one with the crowd. And we're, I would say, a good 85% of the way to the venue in the car with my buddy Max. And I get a text from my buddy. Uh, uh, Tony Martin uh, and Tony's like if you can get the pizza there they'll get the pizza to JB Uh, just bring it to the security I set the whole thing up bring it to security and they'll get it to him and at this point we we had passed Dobro I'm like turn around I'm calling Dobro's I'm I'm like open up a can of tomato because I know they put Parmesan cheese in their tomato sauce I'm like open up a can of tomatoes like I need to like put together so so in the quickest way like they didn't have any vegan cheese or anything there like if I if I had known about this in advance I probably reached I probably would have reached out to Derek Tung from Poly G's who's really like one of the um trailblazers in terms of both vegan and gluten-free mm. options here in the city for pizzerias i don't think anyone's doing either better than he is um and i probably would have gotten a bag of like some sort of vegan cheese or meat substitute or whatever didn't do that so i just i was like no meat no cheese we're going veggie and sauce heavy on this pizza mm. and i'm just gonna pack as much flavor into it as possible and i made the pizza uh, you know, it's a Dobro's box. I'm like, buy Professor Pizza. It's just like so bootleg, so bootleg. Wouldn't you flip flip the box upside down? Or I think I might have. Oh, okay. And like, I think I might have like, yeah, box might have been inside out. I'm writing in Sharpie on it. I'm like, you know, uh, meat and dairy free, but packed with flavor. Just like being so cheesy about yeah, it. So yeah. ridiculous. So extra. But... I'm I'm showing up to the venue and this is my first taste of like showing up to a venue with pizza in my hand sure. which is like 
always catches people off guard. It's like, you can't bring outside food. Like, what's this person doing? Hand it off to security, go into the show. I'm enjoying myself. Uh, he's gracious enough to do a meet and greet with everybody in there afterwards. Oh, wow. And uh, so I get to meet him during that. I'm like, I don't know if you saw it or whatever. Brought some pizza for you. I hope you, you know, indulge, try it out. He's like, I saw that. I appreciate that. I'm about to get into that right after this, whatever. And you just, you don't know if somebody's putting on, you know, celebrity airs for you or if they're just being genuine with you. And I think in his defense, like, you know, he's... He's wildly famous. He's only gotten more famous since that interaction. You go to Vegas right now, you'll see his face everywhere because of the Caesar sports book that he's. uh, And now he's the spokesman for uh, 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 White Claw Vodka's new vodka (laughs) products, and it's just kind of crazy how much he's blown up. But you just don't know if they're they're treating you genuinely or if they're going to indulge in this project product or not, or if they're going to go to Alinea for, you know, uh, yeah. a 20 course meal after this, they're going to save themselves for that. Any of that's possible. Right. So I'm leaving the venue and we're not even home yet. And I'm getting DMS from JB smooth on Instagram of like the pizza box empty and like delicious and whatever. And that very next day he posted, he thanked the venue and he thanked me and tagged me. And I was just like, Oh my God, (laughs) what has happened? What has happened to my life? Right. Surely this is the only time this is ever going to happen. Right. And so I stayed in touch with him and I was just like, Hey man, like this is like, the smallest taste of what I can do for you. If I could ever, you know, bring pizza to the set or do something for you at your home, like I'll fly myself out, like I'll do whatever. And we stayed in touch. And, you know, since then I've stayed at his house twice. I've, I've done a huge party there. He's taken me to incredible events that like I've met more incredible people at and just, um, you know, created like lifelong memories of, and uh, I consider them, you know, genuine friends and supporters of yeah. the overall professor. Pizza, Which Tony's to me is mission. to me is like better than the business that comes from it. I- entirely, the, the so, relationships. I mean, they're, right? they're genuine friends now, yeah. and it's like to be able to say that literally of anybody, but also somebody that would otherwise be kind of pretty untouchable is is pretty incredible. Um, and what it's done is it's opened me up to. What an incredible community stand-up comedy is. And so, as you've seen, I've been able to do it for a lot more stand-ups and been in the credits of Sam Rill's Netflix special. I think I might have, you know, a a tiny little cameo. Bird's story, I think. Bird's story, (laughs) shouting me out to Joe Rogan, like just kind of like crazy, crazy stuff. Joe comes to Chicago pretty often. Say again? Joe comes to Chicago pretty often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking with uh, Tony Hinchcliffe's people yep. right now. Nice. So, Tony's funny as uh, hell. Yeah, it's amazing to see what he's done with Kill Tony and, and that whole platform. But uh, yeah, it's it's just been very cool to see one opportunity kind of lend itself to the next and so on and so forth. So yeah, excited to be doing it. I have less time now than ever with the rooftop. And so I'm trying to sway people to come to the rooftop uh, yeah. where I can give them the ultimate experience. But is there, we, is there a part of you still. where you're eventually going to train a team to be at the rooftop and you can kind of automate it? So I'm lucky to, I mean, 
there's so many people right now, mm. yeah, at least in my eyes, so many people, but there's a handful of people in reality that make up Professor Pizza that I really could not do it without. You know, there are people that are at the pizza right now mm. um, that Just are prepping. working, yeah. prepping, right, uh, that are there on both my days off prepping when I'm with my kids. So, um, yeah. Big shout out uh, to Mike Sundstrom, aka the Peacemaker, to Alice Lee, to Katia Plaza, to uh, Israel Perez, uh, to my cousin Mike Mantis, to uh, you know uh, our accountant Sophia Chichimo, to Grant Johnson, our, our investing partner, to Atomic Group, you yeah. know, uh, to my parents, so on and so forth, and my countless friends, Ray Ginsburg that helps me at you know so many uh mobile events that i do yeah. uh to the platform that humble jungle uh which is an incredible diy comedy show mm. that happens at least monthly if not more often uh that you know those guys have given me a platform to to sell slices and get my name out there there's a whole ecosystem of people that whether they're directly on a payroll or not um have all been responsible for getting me to the place I'm at right now and, and where I'm hoping takes to go. takes a village. So, yeah. Um, I recently had a conversation with Mike Satinover, Ramen Lord, uh, who's opening up yeah. uh, his first brick and mortar in Logan. And uh, cultural appropriation came up in the conversation, not in our conversation, but from listeners of like, they're wrestling with the idea of a non- Japanese person making good ramen or making money off of good ramen. Yeah. Right. And then Derek actually chimed in and said like food is global. Yeah. And yeah, uh, totally. that's what he was seeking when he found Pauly G is just like someone who'd be open to the idea of someone who's not Italian yeah. learning to make pizza. So is that is that a similar take? There's similar belief that you have. Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you're bringing this up too because in that list of names, I left out one, <laughs> which is uh, 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 Sara Magale, and Sara is uh, from Tuscany, mm. and she helps inform a lot of what we do in the kitchen. But it's like also incredible to watch her like eat a slice of our humble pie, which has pepperoni and ranch and vodka sauce and pineapple and pickled jalapeno <laughs> on it. And she loves it, right? And it just goes to show you that, like, she could make us the most regional Italian staff meal, as she often does for us, and it's, like, mind-blowingly delicious. Um, or she can, you know, chow down on a slice of humble pie, which breaks every yeah. Italian-based pizza rule in the book, right? So... You know, I always remind people, and I hope to change this in, if not the coming months, coming years, uh, I've never been to Italy. You know, I, I hope that changes soon. I, I speak very little of the language. Uh, I come from an Italian-American background that I say, and I might have even said this in the first podcast, is more American-Italian than Italian-American. Um, and so I didn't have a lot of people to, like, to learn the language no, from, I, learn before the, the first episode from. three years ago, you're like, yeah, I just came from Carms. <laughs> from what? Carms, like yeah, I, I yeah, got a yeah. hot dog from Carms. Yeah, yeah. I love Little Italy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do, I do. It's, it's like indirectly a part of my personality is, you know, maybe like one of the last, you know, rungs on the ladder, if you will, of that immigration story. But uh, it, pizza's become a very international thing at this yeah. point. 
some of the best people in the world that are producing some of the best pizzas in the world are from places all over the globe that are not necessarily Italy, right? Yeah. Um, and then we have what's happened here in America with all of our different regional styles. Even in Chicago. Even here in Chicago, right? Everyone's like, isn't it hard to sell New York-style pizza in Chicago? Well, it's a pretty passe thing because, like, we have New York, we have Chicago, we have Detroit, Neapolitan, Roman. We have different variations of Roman, right? We've got what Bonchi does. Um, mm. We've got, uh, you know, pinzerias that are popping up. What are those? Uh, pinza is something that's a little bit more keto in nature. It's a new formulation where they're using uh, standard pizza flour, they're using some wheat flour, and sometimes they're using soy and rice flour in it, and they're extending the pizza dough or opening the pizza dough in rice flour, so it creates something that is more digestible than traditional pizza. It's, it's lighter to digest uh, or to consume than traditional pizza, but still has incredible uh, taste, aroma, texture, uh, and the way that you would expect a traditional pizza to have, right? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think Derek's you know, right on the money. I think food is very international, and I think, you know, People enjoy all different varieties of food. You know, if you're going to say only Italian people should be making Italian food, then you're probably also saying that only Italian people should eat Italian food. And it's like, mm. you know, I, I think what I are think, the economics behind the, that alone? The, you know, I think like, the gripe is making, <laughs> this making is money off of someone's culture. Everybody loves it, right? Making money off of someone's culture, I think. Sure. That's the gripe. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so, like, where, where does authenticity like authenticness come from is it like who makes it or is it the actual thing because I, who was it someone's um, i think it's just about having respect Dust, for dustin the, where it comes from right oh mad respect and like mike has created a free ebook on all things ramen so yeah. it's not gatekeeping anything like if you wanted to do this totally. you, you could do this totally dustin the director of ethan Lim's uh documentary uh, uh cambodian futures shared like what if you had a mom pa Chinese restaurant that slings like orange chicken, General Tso's chicken, and then next door you have this five three star Michelin restaurant, Chinese restaurant, but it's made by let's say a group of white individuals that spent some time in China and learned about the cuisine and then brought it back and tried elevating it. Yeah, what is more authentic at that point, right? Right. Uh. I think there's room for both, right? Mm. You know, and I think they're both going to have different artistic agendas in terms of what they're what what type of food they're trying to serve. But I think both of them are legitimate, right? Yeah, you know. Um, And then I've got people like my dear friend Henry Kai of Three Little Pigs, who has some intensely traditional. Cantonese recipes, but then also, you know, we'll take those recipes and almost make a Cantonese poutine out of them and serve them on top of French fries, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, he, he took the basis for his father's original salt and pepper fried chicken, oh. and he's he's doing that 
in a variety of different formats, right? He has the individual pieces. He's got the fried chicken sandwiches. He's now making orange chicken sandwiches. He's now taking his char siu sauce, which is incredible, on his pork, and also slathering his chicken in that. So he's doing all sorts of things that, you know, is he a traditional Chinese person? Yeah, of course. He's yeah. a first-generation immigrant yeah. who spent a lot of his life going back to Canton and, and, and China and visiting his grandmother and, and, and cooking with his father and, and so on and so forth. But like, he's also intensely American. Mm. You know, and his food is at the intersection of both of those realities. Yeah. And I think you're going to see that more and more in cuisine is respecting where you came from as much as respecting where you are yeah, and, and blending those together in the most artful and respectful way possible. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that's where my humble pie came from. My humble pie came from humble park yeah, where people are putting ranch on their pizza. People are putting pickled jalapenos mm -hmm. and, and pineapple on their pizza. And, and how can we do that in a way that still puts flavor first and it's still indicative of a pizza-eating experience, but also it's like, hey, we're here in America. We're here in Humboldt Park. Like, let's enjoy the flavors that people are enjoying in this area as well, mm. you know? But also try and put a sfinchone on the menu, which is a classic Sicilian pizza with breadcrumbs mm. and anchovies and onions and things of that nature. Oh, I love so, that. Um, you know... I, I don't try and pick either or I try and celebrate it can both. Be both, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just reminds me that like, we're not entitled to anything. So when you say totally. like, you know, people that are making money off cultural appropriation, it's just like, you're not, you're not entitled to any of that. Like if you want to go do that, go do that, go do it. Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, and appreciate your, your perspective on that. Absolutely. Um, so going to now the rooftop, um, what can yeah. someone come to expect when they when they try to seek out your your pizza there? I mean, it's a party up there, man. Uh, it's uh, certainly on the weekends, Fridays and Saturdays. There's a live DJ up there. Cool. It's uh, you know very summertime vibey house music type feel to, to to the entertainment aspect up there. There's a handful of cabanas mm -hmm. up there that are. First come, first serve, but also can be uh, rented out for small or large buyouts. It's a full bar there, uh, courtesy of Teto, with some pretty interesting cocktails. Um, and then, you know, it's all anchored by our pizza, right? But this is our first opportunity as well to expand just beyond pizza. And we're doing spinach artichoke dip that i'm really mm. proud of we're doing meatballs that i'm really proud of uh we're doing collaborations with pretty cool ice cream mm. and sicilian bakery right so we've got uh kind of like the basis to our cannoli is sicilian bakeries shell and filling but we put our own luxardo cherries and mm. fresh chopped uh, pistachios on the Ooh. end and and make it really our own experience uh pretty cool ice cream we, we we selected a handful of different uh bars and pops from them that we think complement those rooftop vibes really nicely but also we're doing a co-branded tiramisu bar with them that 
that oh, is uh, only available on our rooftop now. Uh, it's something that started in their shop, and they retired the flavor. And when we reached out to them, they said it'd be a perfect thing to bring back just for Professor Pizza, right? Yeah. So we're excited to be making those collaborations. Uh, you know, we're... We're, we're getting different bread products from D'Amato's right now. We're going to be getting different bread products from uh, public and quality bread soon. Mm. Uh, so just in an effort to be working with the most exciting brands here in Chicago, yeah. uh, this is a platform for us to do that now. We're, we're really excited about our charcuterie options up there oh, and nice. the fact that we're offering Induya by Tempesta Market. So uh, it, it's, it's a showcase of a lot of the things I love yeah, and um, it's a showcase of a variety of the different styles that we do and the first opportunity to have them really fresh out of the oven straight to your table. So um, I'm, I'm really excited to, to be up there. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a, I, I have a private event inquiry actually about, about sure. possibly get at, into at, it. At <laughs> um, Go on. I just remembered what I wanted to talk about with the with the ghost kitchen is like there was a lot of like pushback on ghost kitchens when it when they first came out. Yes, by people that had brick and mortars. But well, it's it's kind of like it's it's kind of like people that are telling their employees to go back to the office and work in the office. It's like, wait a minute, we spent all this money on this real estate, and you're you're going to tell me you're not going to use it? So. It's it's really that it's really big business saying like, wait a minute, we're supposed to be renting real estate out here, and you're consolidating this all into one building and still, ideally making a profit off of it, but we're not getting our share from it. Uh, so that's the initial pushback, mm. you know. And then big business got behind ghost kitchens and we're yeah. like, well, I guess that's real estate too, and maybe it's more industrial real estate than commercial real estate, but we can still make a bunch of money off of that. And they started overbuilding uh, these ghost, ghost kitchens. kitchens. And now we're, you know, I mean, certainly like COVID's real. My, my uncle actually just got it for the first time and I think he's on the mend from it right now, but like we are largely living in a post COVID world and people are back to appreciating what they love most, which is like traditional restaurant experiences. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think the facility that we were in suffered from a little bit of that where they were built in the height of the pandemic and they were really overbuilt oh. and they never had, uh, the level of occupancy in that building that they needed to make it a viable business. And so they closed it down. Oh, and shit. so, you know, we uh, we spent four months after leaving there looking for our next opportunity and being largely in excuse me inactive as a brand, mm. and um, and we're finally able to settle upon the rooftop at 406 North Sangamon where we are now, and we're very lucky for it. But um, it does lower the the cost, like the barrier to entry though into the hospitality space. So. That's the narrative that they sell to you, it's right? A myth. I mean, when we were leaving there, for a fraction of the space we have now, uh, we were paying sixty five hundred dollars a month in rent, right? And it's it's it's. I'm not saying that there aren't good deals out there to be had, but it's it's largely a gotcha scenario, right? It's like for this amount of money, you can have this. 
And we think this is enough for about 85% of our customers. Well, you get into that space and you realize that the walk-in closet that they sold you is not enough to run your brand. Mm -hmm. And so now you're renting dry storage space. And you want to start off by renting the smallest amount of dry storage space you can. Well, as your brand expands, I'm sorry, as your brand expands, so do your needs, and so do your footprint. So does your footprint, right? So now you're renting more dry storage, and now you're not just utilizing the reach-in refrigerators and freezers in your unit, but you're renting cold storage space from them. Mm. And now you need a little bit more cold storage space, so you're renting not just this one metro rack but you're renting two metro racks because in that world it's not just by the square foot it's by the metro rack sometimes it's by the shelf on the metro rack right uh so it became expensive quickly wow i I had no idea um so uh two two friends come to mind um uh the people behind novel pizza okay uh so ryan enrique and then francis from side practice coffee um they're they're running this uh, pizza shop uh, out of uh, matters of the heart, like it's a clothing line store in Lincoln Park. Oh wow! And I think they're working on their first brick and mortar. Very cool. You're teaching me something I don't know about. I don't know these guys. Oh, um, they they started as Alico, um, but so Francis has a coffee shop that started in the pandemic at Foster and Damon. Okay. Um, no experience with coffee and he's killing it. He's created quite the community. Very cool. And it's called side, uh, used to be called side project. And then they were hit with a cease and desist letter from a brewery called side project. Okay. Now it's side practice. Okay. Um, the whole point is he puts on other people's side practices at the coffee shop and puts other people on. Oh, very cool. Right. And, uh, he, uh, I think they're cousins. He and Ryan are cousins. And then Enrique, they've been running a pizza shop uh they've been popping up here and there yeah and then now they're currently at matters of the heart which is a boutique clothing line um and i, I last time i was there i saw like joe fresh goods there oh um, and uh somebody i'm still trying to get in with joe <laughs> <laughs> would love to make you pizza um yeah it's one it's interesting it's like you think about where some of these people that you want to interact with who they interact with yeah and that right it's just like that's how it happens who's who's the gatekeeper yeah um but if they were sitting right here what advice would you have for them as far as like growing and starting i mean so they're already doing it right they're like yeah it's reminiscent of you know kind of the beginnings of my story which is look for any outlet possible to do the most humble version of what you're ultimately trying to do. I think most people mm. make the mistake of saying like, well, I need, you know, I need this long of a hood and this big of a range and this big of a walk-in and this large of a dining room and need this custom equipment and so on and so forth. And like, I'm lucky now to have a lot more bells and whistles and toys to kind of expand our business with than ever before there's still a bunch more on my wish list that i don't have but you know when i when i started this i started out of my garden apartment Mm. with i mean the first week i didn't even the first couple weeks i didn't even have the commercial oven there right Mm. so i was doing this out of my apartment oven with a baking steel uh, I wanted to make pizza, but that wasn't a reality for me yet, so I made focaccia. 
I eventually needed more refrigeration space, so I went to Home Depot and got like a mid-sized mini fridge, like a mm. dorm fridge. Mm. And then I went to fra- Facebook Marketplace and got another like full-size, but like residential fridge. Oh wow! Um, for like eighty bucks oh, plus wow. the the cost of the U-Haul and uh, my friend helping me lug it and almost like. <laughs> like paralyzing the two of us like trying to get this into my garden apartment um and like figuring out how to which is like if it's a double door you got to open the doors and like get like like kind of like turn it into is wild but um you know start start immediately don't don't start once you have everything you need or once you feel like you have everything you need because you'll never have everything you need right so that's one two don't wait like now we do it a little bit differently with our social media and now it really is um a lot more curated than it used to be mm-hmm. and a lot more deliberate than it used to be which i think is important to eventually transition into but when you're beginning document everything Mm -hmm. you know don't wait to a lot of times i know for me i was just like it's got to be so polished before i put it up there and it's that old adage you know uh perfection is the enemy of progress right and the reality is is like i have so many people that support me now because they saw what i was doing when i didn't have anything if they had just saw me pop up and say, hey, I'm Professor Pizza and we have some of the best pizza in the city and we're on this rooftop. And it's like, where's the story in that? Where's the struggle in that? Where's the journey in that? People want to see all the trials and tribulations you had to go through to get to where you are now. Because if they can see that and they can see how humbled you are by the journey, they're that much more likely to sign on to be a fan of yours yeah um so yeah they've bought in get at it right away in in the most humble version you can possibly produce and start documenting it Mm -hmm. and and posting it uh right away and support other people's businesses too you know i was a big supporter in the early days to this day a pretty cool ice cream Mm -hmm. right um now they're way bigger than me and I went, I went up to Dana Cree just with an email, really, and I was just like, I've been following your career since before you opened this place. I know this is your busiest season of the year. I know you, know, you work with much bigger brands than us, but like, this would be a dream to work with you. And when we finally met in person, she was like, yes, this is the busiest season. We are saying no to everybody, but she had such a sweet email. We decided we were going to do this collaboration with you and i think like supporting your peers mm-hmm. or people that like maybe aren't your peers maybe they're a step ahead of you yeah but still being like look this is a win for chicago or oh. or for or for my particular city or my background that feeds everybody I right that's like why like you know i haven't met this joe fresh goods guy yet but like he's a mythic character in our city right yeah and what he's been able to do with brands like you know uh, uh let's think jb graziano's that have been around for nearly 100 years if not longer i don't know all the intricacies of their story but 
precisely at long fucking time. Uh, or uh, New Balance or what have you, like, is incredible, yeah. right? Um, and it's like, I don't own that company. I haven't met that guy, but every time he wins, I feel like we all win. Mm. Um, and... You know, I try and share whatever successes Professor Pizza has with everybody that cheers me on and everybody that makes this happen. Uh, you know, obviously, you're interviewing me today. You're not interviewing Mike or Sarah or Katya or Izzy or I appreciate you, you mentioning like, them. Uh, wouldn't be here without them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like to say, like, a win for me is a win for them, and a win for them is a win for me. But, uh, yeah, I think all of that's integral to having a small business thrive. What's, what's been um, your process as far as helping your team buy in to the process and buy into the love of the process? Um, is it giving luckily, owner, not ownership per se, but like, like, yeah. like giving freedom? And in some and like, cases it is ownership, sure. right? Some of these people have equity in my business yeah. because it's their business now too. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of businesses say that and, and granted like, we're still in so much debt that no one's seeing a dime of this equity yet, including myself, including our investing partner. So we're not there yet, but we're already structuring the business in a way where it's like, it's not just me that wins. It's not just our equity partner, Grant, that wins. Like, we all get to win from this, you know? And maybe some people are paid back their debt first sort of thing, but we all get to win and we all get to win at relatively the same time. Nice. Right? So... That's part of it. I try and hire people to the best of my ability that, like, I would selfishly like this to be their career, not mm. just their job, right? And I try and hire them in a career-focused format and use those sort of that sort of verbiage, like, early and often. Um, I, I try and celebrate their talents. Mm. We try and invest in their weaknesses, too, though. Um, how, how so? By carving out time when we have it to train, mm -hmm. you know, um, I think it's easy to just be like, you're good at that. You're not. So you're going to do this over here. But like, you know, it, maybe you can't do something right now, but more so than focusing on I, I can't do it. Yeah. It's more the verbiage of it. And I saw this from Rick Rubin, who I'm a huge fan of, mm. um, you know, the earliest Def Jam guy. Right. Uh, or hip hop music figure. Stop saying I can't do this and start saying I haven't done it yet. Um, there's so much in the pizzeria, uh, whether it's pizza related or you know boss or ownership related that you know I haven't done yet, but I will one day, mm -hmm. or that I hadn't done yet, but I, I do all the time now, right? Yeah. So um, it's it's about just changing your mentality. Um, that's how I'm trying to look at this goal of stand-up comedy. I haven't done it yet. I've I've ingratiated myself into the community. Mm. I'm an active member in my own facet within that community, but I have not yet gotten onto that stage and, you know, made myself vulnerable for sixty minutes to five or sixty seconds to five minutes. Um, so having that mentality i think also and this is a balance i'm trying to find all the time as a boss it's like you know they say you know you should check your home life at the door and once you're at work you're at work i think you should strive for that but at the same time like people are people and there's a lot of outside factors that 
are going to factor or play a role into what kind of employee they're in in the workplace. And some of that stuff is like well beyond their control. Mm. And I try and be the boss that you can come to with those problems and maybe give you some wisdom or try and find you some wisdom if I can't directly, you know, uh, bestow it upon you uh, so that we can work through these things and make one another the best people, the best employees, best coworkers, best boss employee relationship we can possibly strive for. Mm. Um, I try and foster an, an environment, an opportunity for that to take place. Um, but like, also it doesn't always work out with everybody. Sure. And like, if they don't genuinely have the passion for it and if they're not willing to do the, the jobs that aren't glamorous, uh, it genuinely might not work out. Right. Um, and I guess like that last thing I would say is I have made it a point to, you know, and it's not like, it's not a rule. I'm not going to make anybody do it, but I have encouraged everybody on the team to have their own Instagram and to take their own photos and to post their own photos and to build their own presence as somebody in this industry, you know, that can either live within that professor pizza universe or go off on their own and do their own thing totally independent from us. And your ability um, to let go and build others up. Yeah. I wish somebody would have told me that when I was making $9 an hour as a line cook Mm -hmm. in a fine dining restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I, and not to say that like those people weren't looking out for my best interests. I just, those people weren't doing it for themselves, let alone telling me to do it for me and in the landscape and social media is, matured so much since then so i think it's a lot more obvious now too that you can be doing that especially with like the advent of things like tiktok but uh and reels and stories and so on and so forth but uh yeah i think and this podcast is a perfect example of it or you having this emt school it's just like empowering other people to be their own boss and to be their own brand and, and to do so early and often is I think super integral to my success and the success of the people that are currently a part of this ecosystem. That's great. Yeah. Good yeah. For you. Um, is there a segment or a niche uh, that you're trying to tap into, or or if you were to manifest a collaboration right now? Yeah. What would you put out there? So we talked a little bit about merch, and uh, I actually I don't even like that term because. You know, it's it's short for merchandise, right? And to me, when I think of merchandise, I think of like, like one more gotcha sale that they can throw on you after you've already spent the money on, in my case, the meal or in you know the the concert or the comedy show, and it's just like too often an afterthought. And I think really what we're trying to produces a lifestyle brand and something that is anchored by pizza um but and that doesn't stray so far away from that that it's like you you couldn't see it coming from professor pizza but is also just something that like 
even if you'd never had my pizza before or didn't know that this came from a pizza centric brand, you'd, you'd be like, Oh, I would wear that. Yeah. I would buy that. Um, has that been tough? I would own that. Has that what? Been tough? It has been tough because, you know, there's a reason why most merch is an afterthought because to produce it, um, quickly efficiently on a large scale and a variety of different sizes so on and so forth usually the first corner you cut is in quality mm. right um so it, it's it's been difficult yeah. and comfort colors or gildan <laughs> I mean, right exactly exactly <laughs> totally um so now we're looking at things like you know, how many ounces is this T-shirt? Mm. Uh, what kind of tag does it have on Maybe it? Maybe limited runs, right? Yeah, limited runs, pre-sales. Yeah. Uh, all things like that that we're looking into to, you know, offer a product that uh, doesn't pale in comparison to what we're known for, but is otherwise a, a reflection of what we are, we're known for already. Mm. So, um, you know, there's... There's brands like System Seltzers, which is a, a friend of mine and somebody who I think would be a perfect podcast guest, Anthony Spina, that we're working on uh, um, uh, lifestyle items Called swag. with, swag yeah. with, right? Um, he, he's he got a, you know, a very long-standing relationship with the guys at Juggernaut, and so we're talking with them about doing something cool uh, in terms of swag, but we're, we're looking at all different options and all different items, but uh, I think that's kind of central at what we want to get into next. And also, uh, above and beyond that, we want to expand the Frozen line mm. in, in in a real way. So like in, into wholesale, like into grocery stores and stuff? Grocery stores, online, um, you know, uh bring it back to the comedy world and the podcast world and oh, potentially like, like, like ship it be a sponsor of some of these podcasts and and allow our brand to get out there more and and say hey you can get a professor pizza shipped to you anywhere in the country right so we're not there yet you can't even get one beyond uh maplewood <laughs> right now but uh i don't do a lot of medium-sized dreams you know i i do gigantic outlandish dreams and and then I, I try and humble myself from there and say, okay, what's what's really the first step in this dream? How can you realize it in the most humble way possible? Which is really where, like, you know, it's like you want a pizzeria, but you have a garden apartment. You know, <laughs> where do you start? So that's that's where we are with were, the were there, thing. Was there any step in the journey where you felt like you skipped a few steps? Yeah, and I had a bunch of people that were happy to tell me that I skipped a few steps and be and be like, you're super illegitimate for doing that, too. And that's another thing, like, I think I said this maybe in the first podcast, too, along those same lines. Like, I remember just being a line cook mm. and being like, it wasn't even that I was like, oh, one day I'm going to be the head chef, because I didn't even so much care about that. It was just like, geez, one day I hope to not be totally financially destitute. Like, you know, I, you know, I am lucky to have had somewhat of a cushion from my father in those days. And like, there would be so many months where like, I couldn't even pay my rent, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and he would help me or, you know, I was working maybe at PQM in the West loop when it was still 
like the tail end of the meatpacking district mm. and trying to find parking spaces and realizing that when you were parking your car somewhere along the line, your tire caught a nail from them breaking down a pallet in the middle of the street. And you didn't even really realize that until the end of your work day, when you come back to your car and you see your tires flat and sure enough, there's a nail in it. And like, now you got to get your car towed and your tires changed and everything else like that. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm making $13 an hour here, you know? Um, so it's, uh, I don't even know where that all came from. I think I was yeah, just I mean, financially, for a second. Finan- <laughs> financially destitute, right? Yeah, I think you know it's big dreams. It's been a it's been a journey, and at that at that point, my dream was just like, how can I work for myself yeah. and make any amount of money that I'm supporting myself with? And like, I have realized that dream. You know, mm-hmm. I am working for myself, and like, granted, it's it's still in the debt phase of the mm-hmm. business, but like. It is, it's it's my debt. It's it, my debt and my partner's debt, and um, we're on the path to get out of it, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, I, I feel like that was like I'm like I don't remember the question. I don't know if I answered it. I think I think but, the original question was like skipping steps, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, that's all I had for you, Tony. And anything else you want to put you, out brother. there? Like, did we not cover anything? Anything that's been on no, your mind? Um, you know, visit us on the rooftop yes. if you've ever had our pizza before. Uh, here's your first opportunity to have it fresh out of the oven. Mm. If you've never had my pizza before, here's the best opportunity uh, to to try my pizza in the way that it was really intended to be. Um, I forget the exact dates. I want to say it's like the 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 19th and 20th or the 20th and 21st, something like that of August, I will be at the salt shed with infatuation for the first ever Chicago, uh, rendition of their eats con, which they've done in New York and LA. And I think even a variety of other cities, but this is going to be, I think the biggest food festival in the city, maybe bigger than the taste of Chicago Mm. in some respects. Um, you know, you couldn't just sign up for it. We were humble enough to be one of the restaurants they reached out to to be a part of it. Uh, the rapper Sweetie's going to be there <laughs> for whatever that's worth, which I think it's worth quite a bit, actually. Sweetie, I'd love to make you pizza. Um, I think it's going to be an incredible event, and I'm so excited to be a okay, part I'll of it. Okay, I'll look into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, Professor Pizza on Instagram, give us a follow. That's kind of still, in many ways, the front business to our front door to our business and where you can stay up to date, as up to date as possible with everything that we've got coming out that's new and exciting. Awesome. So, yeah, man. Tiny. Tony. Tiny. Tony, thank you for the time. <laughs> I'm tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bite sized king, short king. Uh, thank you for the yeah, time. Absolutely. Um, Likewise, brother. Awesome. Thanks for having me back. Thanks guys for, for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you, bro. <laughs>